Sex Chat with Kim Ayers is proudly sponsored by Calexotics, the world's first woman-owned adult pleasure products manufacturer, the Magic Wand, the longtime favorite massager of millions, and NAS Toys, providing your sexual pleasure from head to toe. All of our fabulous sponsors' products are available at grandopening.com. Welcome to Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. I am so happy to be launching this long-awaited and much-overdue podcast, and I'm so happy that you are part of it. It excites me so much because, well, I'm quite a storyteller, and none of it is fiction, let me tell you. So you're going to learn a lot of all aspects of, well, who the hell is Kim Ayers? So I think this is a really great place to start because a lot of people think, well, I must have been born with a dildo in my hand. Not quite, but anyway, I I wound up here. And it's funny because people just think, you know, oh, we must have been walking around and talking about sex all the time in my family. Not so much. So I'm going to give you some background information on Who's Kim Ayers? And I can't wait. So here goes. All right. So we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine to 19... <laughs> that, that, that means 1958. Okay. Yeah. I'm 63 if you want to do the math. I'll tell you why people really always guess that I'm much younger than that. I'll, I'll let you in on my beauty secrets. One, I'm not married. Hmm. Yeah. We'll hear about that. Two, no kids. Yeah, that's a concept that like has never worked for me. Even when I got my period at 12 years old, I'm like, what the hell? I didn't want to have kids. Stop. Well, you know, of course I had to live my life with it. It's fine. Uh, Let's see. Oh yeah, I have a dog. I think that's, you know, keeps you happy and young and moving around and all that good stuff. And I also ride motorcycles. I have three motorcycles but I only ride one at a time. So yeah, I'll be talking a lot about motorcycles too, because it's my mojo. It really is. But you're here to listen about sex on Sex Chat. Oh yeah, and one of my motorcycles has a vibrator built into the seat. Yeah, I'll talk about that too. But let's get back into the, who the hell is Kim Ayers? And how did I get into this crazy business? So talking about my upbringing. Um, First of all, my parents, you know, they were born like it's a hundred years ago, which is so hard to believe, but true. So my dad was an American soldier in World War II, pretty typical when you're born in 1920. And he happened to be in Europe. And he was one of those American soldiers that got those pesky Germans out of Paris, where he met the beautiful MBA student that happened to be my mom, this gorgeous French gal, um, fluent in English, just wonderful. And they met and they married. And he said, as soon as I saw her, I knew I was going to marry her. So that's what happened. Swept her off her feet, brought her over to Les Etats-Unis. Yes, they speak French also. And had four American kids. So that's where I started. There's four of us. My brother, who I love dearly, who died, which is shitty, but whatever. And then older sister, me, and younger sister. 
So that's the family right there. So I think a lot of my attitudes around sex and comfort and things like that come from my European half because it's pretty, you know, the Americans versus Europeans around attitudes around sex, it's completely different. And those of you who might be familiar with that would probably be in agreement. So I really think that I was impacted by a lot of that, which is great. My, you know, the sex thing wasn't really a big deal and stuff. So that's kind of pretty much the, the, the roots of where I started. I moved to the Jersey Shore, exit 80, for those of you from New Jersey, will know that that's kind of like Berkeley Township. They put a new exit near there, but I don't know that number. Anyway, so Jersey Shore, and it's not like the one that was on TV, although Seaside was where I spent my summers. And yeah, so grew up and then, hey, when I was 20 years old, well, I went to college for a little bit and I ended up getting married. Yeah, it was uh, what I wanted to do then. I have absolutely no regrets about it. Really great part of my life. Seven and a half years married. He wanted to have kids. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think that's great that you want to have kids. I just don't want to be the mom. And everybody thought that was weird that I was giving him permission to have kids, but didn't want them myself. And, you know, people think, like I said, that's strange. But if you look at divorced parents, it's basically the same situation. So anyway, uh, we split. It was amicable. It was okay. You know, all that good stuff. Well, then, oh, yeah, I know. I'll just throw this in, too, is that the sex thing has always fascinated the daylights out of me always. And you'll learn more about that. And I had suggested while we were married, well, why don't we try like a threesome? Or why don't we try, I don't know, something else? Like, And he would look at me and go, no, that's kind of weird. Uh, he was going to go on vacation with his brother. And I said, hey, you know, if you meet somebody you want to have a roll in the hay with, go right ahead. And he looked at me, he goes, why would I want to do that? I said, because it might be fun. You know, here's he getting a hall pass from his wife and whatever. So anyway, so we split up, like I said. And then I met this Swedish guy. Oh, the Swedes, you know, pretty comfortable around nudity and sex. And I was like, hey, this shit's pretty cool, you know, just to kind of be acknowledged for that. And it's, I'll go into it several times. Is it you don't need somebody else to acknowledge that. But at that point in my life, that was part of it. And my life changed in 1987 where I met somebody that I affectionately called the Smut Hound who lived for everything sex. So sex toys, strip joints, porno, meeting porno stars, public sex, everything. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. And that was a life-changing moment because it acknowledged everything that I wanted to do and learn and grow from and take it from there. And like I said, that was pretty life-changing. At the same time, well, I was, I had moved into New England in 1980. And so 80, 88 actually it was, I started working for Harvard University. Mm, Yes, that Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Another big part of my life. So while I was working at Harvard University, well, I was comfortable around sex and and, uh, and, uh, unabashedly and unashamed and everything. So I ended up being in the department I worked in, 
the go-to person that my coworkers would ask me for. So they'd be like, oh, I want to rent a porno movie tonight. What do you suggest? And it would be like, oh, okay. You know, if you're thinking of this, this is a good one. You know, there's a good director. This has plot line. You know, so I would ask them, you know, what is it that you're looking for? It's the same thing that I'm doing now. And that's when the roots were starting to take hold was 1988. One thing that happened that was very significant was that I had friends and coworkers say, can, can you take me to buy a vibrator? Well, at that point, of course, it was pre-internet for those of you doing the math. And the only place in the Boston area was the combat zone. Now, the combat zone, you can just imagine if you're not familiar with it, the dirty, shameful place that you'd go to buy sex toys and probably get a hustle or two or something like that. Well, I had become so familiar with all the sex toy stores, they knew me in there. And then when I'd go to the stores, I would talk in normal voice levels because that was something, you know, it was people were shameful and just felt dirty going in there. So they'd always whisper, but I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, hey, how's it going and stuff. So the clerks all knew me and things like that because I was comfortable in these stores. Well, bringing friends there, we'd be like, okay, come on. So I'd pretty much kind of drag them in and then look at the toys and I'd be like, okay, so now what do you want? What do you like? And that's that's many, many, many podcasts is choosing a toy. So in general, it was like, they'd be so nervous. They'd be like, let's just get one and get out of here. Which one's your favorite? And I'm like, well, you know, my favorite's not necessarily going to be your, I don't care. Just, which one do you like? They were so nervous and hung up. So I'd be like, well, this one, okay, let's get that one. Oh, sure. You know, and stuff. So I'd get that one, go to the clerk and, and then go, oh, is this for the two of you? And I'd, flip on the bird and say, no, thank you. Just give me my change. So this was really impactful for me was to have to go through this all the time is to be made. I mean, I didn't feel uncomfortable. My friends certainly were to buy toys. So that was a big major, not turning point, but like I said, an impact of my future. So that kept going on. In the meantime, I'd started writing for the late, great, incredible publication called On Our Backs, which is um, erotica for the adventurous lesbian. So I wrote about lots of different subjects. The uh, My friends in New York, this lesbian couple, turned me on to the magazine, which is amazing. If you can ever try to find it, archives or something like that, On Our Backs magazine, it was pretty much regarded as the first magazine that really showed nude women having sex with each other that wasn't glamorized a la, you know, Playboy and all the magazines that were out there at the time. So it was extremely groundbreaking and incredible. Susie Bright was one of the editors, Deb Sundahl, both of them are close friends of mine, and the photographer, the late great Honey Lee Cottrell. So On Our Backs played a big part, and this was, all right, boys and girls, it was before email. So after work, I would type up these articles and things like, yeah, typing them at Harvard. Yeah, don't tell anybody at Harvard I did that. So that was part of my journalistic beginnings, especially around the sex world. Well, what happened? Something groundbreaking in October 1992. I know a lot of you are thinking, wait a minute, that's 30 years ago. Yeah, it is. And it's probably before a lot of you were <clears throat> born. And 
I went to a G-Spot workshop. That's something that we're going to dive into the G-Spot a lot on during the Sex Chat with Kim Ayers podcast. I went to a workshop in New York City, sponsored and hosted by Dell Williams, who was the founder of Eve's Garden, which opened in 1972 and is considered the first female-friendly sex toy store in the nation. And it was a workshop on the G-Spot. Now, Deb Sundahl, a.k.a. Fanny Fatale, who was the editor of Honor Backs, was the one that was presenting it. Now, it was Columbus Day weekend, 1992, three-day weekend, and I was going to go to New Jersey from Boston and working and things like that. Well, Deb was presenting the same workshop, although not hands-on, which is what it was in New York City, but you know, a general workshop, she'd just come out with a video, How to Female Ejaculate. Well, Deb wanted to present it in Boston. And at that time, there were two feminist bookstores, one in Cambridge and the other in Jamaica Plain. If you're familiar with Boston, you'd be like, well, yeah, of course, that's where the feminist bookstores would be. Yeah. So guess what? In 1992, neither of these feminist bookstores ever wanted to have anybody present a sex workshop. So where did she end up presenting this workshop? At the gay men's bookstore, Glad Day, because they're like, yeah, sure, come on in. We'll talk about sex and the videos and stuff like that. So that's where she presented. And I thought, well, I, you know, I not to not to not support Glad Day, but I'd much rather do a hands-on workshop in New York City at the home of Del Williams. So I go there. It was, I guess, the Friday night of the Columbus Day weekend. And it was great. There were probably maybe 15, probably about 15 women there. So she showed the video and things. And then it came time to drop trowel and let's look for our G-spots. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, you what? Yes, we did. So it was crack out those mirrors and crack out those speculums. And I'll talk about that in another podcast because I could go down this rabbit hole really easily, but I know you don't want to go there right now. So, okay. So first it was like, all right, let's do this. And so at, afterwards we had a conversation. It was Deb, me, and Del Williams. Now, in the meantime, I didn't realize Deb Sundahl and Fanny Fatale were the same person <laughs> because it was before the internet and you couldn't Google that shit. So it was when I found out Deb Sundahl was Fanny Fatale who I had been sending my articles to. It was like, holy shit, I didn't realize that. Now, you know, I knew that Fanny Fatale was not her real name, but it was just pretty entertaining to figure out it was the same person. So we get talking. And so Del Williams, owner of Eve's Garden, and Fanny Fatale, who like tried to get into two feminist bookstores in Boston, and yours truly, well, we get talking. And I said, you know what? We could use a women's sex toy store in Boston. I could do that. I could do that. And it was the biggest freaking light bulb moment of my entire life. Clouds parted, bolt of lightning came down. <laughs> I'm going to do this. So I'm like, 
I'm going to do, I still get goosebumps to this day talking about it because that I believe is my predestiny. Like I said, that's a whole nother podcast. And the fact of owning a business that it didn't frighten me at all. Oh, I forgot to leave it. I left out. I grew up on top of my father's furniture store. His father was a troubleshooter for Montgomery Ward during the depression. My siblings, well, my two sisters, I'm right in the middle. They're still both in retail. It's retail is in my blood. I can't be even begin to tell you. And on my mom's side, they were both self-supporting artists in Paris. So retail is in my blood. So the fact that I was thinking of opening a store was not frightening to me. It wasn't anything like, oh, I can't do this or anything. I'm like, yeah, I can open a store. So I said, I can do that. I can open this store. And I was like, that's it. I mean, it became so clear so incredibly clear. So I left the workshop and I'm floating on cloud nine and I was staying at the apartment of the two lesbian friends of mine. And I said to them, I said, you know what? I'm going to open up a women's sex toy store in Boston. And they looked at me and they go, well, if anybody can do it, that could be you. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm that, that was it. And, and okay. So I've never been pregnant either, which is really weird for a slut like me. (laughs) I've never been pregnant. I mean, so I guess the whole predestiny of not having children was like really in my DNA. I don't know. And I think of all the money I might have saved not having to buy birth control, but menopause is taking care of all of that. I go to my friends. I'm like, that's it. So I continued down to New Jersey for the weekend. And my brother, uh, oh, I miss so much. His name's Bob or Bobby or Bubby, if you talk with a French accent, Bubby. Uh, so he's always been my guiding light, my mentor. My I, say, I always say we're twins separated by 10 years. He's going to appear in this podcast a lot because we're still pretty close, even though he's not of this earth anymore. And I said, you know what? After my boss at Harvard retires... I'm going to open up a sex toy store. Now, that was going to be about four years away. And, well, my boss and I, we adore each other. He's still here. And I say we're we're head of each other's fan clubs. So I was going to wait till he retired. So I told my brother, I said, you know what? After he retires, I'm going to open up a women's sex toy store. And he gave me the best advice. He said, first of all, if you wait that long, somebody's going to beat you to it. And he said, the second thing he said, you know, where can you get the money, that type of thing. So that planted the seed on that. And then he said, whose life are we talking about here? Is it yours or is it your boss's? And so I thought about that and just thought, I'm going to do this. So that was October 92. I'm going to do it the end of the act, the end of the summer of the following summer. That's my goal. Because in academia, it's, you know, the cycles of you know, an academic calendar. So that was my goal. I said, you know what? I'm going to leave working for him at the end of the summer of 93. Well, there's a whole lot more around that of just, you know, finding a place and things like that. And I'll talk about that more because this is the intro to Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. So that began my journey. I ended up opening my store. Oh, hey, I don't think I told you the name of the store. Oh, Okay, I'll backtrack just a little bit. So that weekend I was with my brother and decided to open my store. Like I said, I think it's like when you find out you're pregnant, like, oh my God, what gender, what name, where they're going to go to college, what, you know, what color their eyes going to be. I mean, 
all of those kind of same emotions flooded into me, flooded into my head. Just, I could, I was obsessed with it. It was, just, this was what I was going to do. So driving back up the parkway, it was kind of before cell phones too. Yeah, there was a time that we didn't have cell phones. And driving back, I thought, okay, I've got to give it a name. I've got to give it a name just so that I can just have something to wrap it around. So I thought, you know, Pandora's box, but I think that's kind of negative because if you know the story of Pandora's box, it's, you know, she opens it up and you're fucked. So it wasn't Pandora's box. And then I thought the G spot. And I really wanted a name that you could say in public without feeling embarrassed about it. So I thought the more I obsess with this, the more I'm going to block it. So I'm just going to like let go of it. I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to not think and it's going to come to me. Well, guess what? A memory that came to me when I was probably like eight years old and a friend of my brother's, so he was probably like 20. We were watching traffic going by on Route 9, which is something you do in New Jersey. And a wedding procession went by. And what did he say to me? He goes, ah, another grand opening. That was it. That's the name of my store, Grand Opening. You get it? You're probably like rolling your eyes now going, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, grand opening. So I called up my brother. I said, the name of the store is grand opening. He's like, what? I'm like, no, 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 get it, get it. He's like, yeah, okay. So, you know, when I got back to Boston, I looked in the yellow pages. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know. I'm dating myself like right and left, but you know, I'm proud of how I am and who and all that stuff. So grand, nothing grand opening like this. You know, I looked, I set, checked the trademark office because I've actually worked in technical libraries for GAF Corporation and for Duracell. Yeah, I worked in the technical library for Duracell. <laughs> I know my shit about batteries, okay? So I checked, and so I, I ran patents for and did patent searches, so I know how to work that stuff. Anyway, so there was nothing that was trademarked for grand opening. I don't know if you could trademark Anyway, so grand opening, the name of the store. So when the store finally opened in November 93, I had my signs up for grand opening, and people were coming in the store. Oh, that's another part of it. And they said, oh, you still have your signs up. I'm like, that's the name of the store. And when they realized it, it's like, ah. So yeah, so grand opening. And then what happened? Well, 1995, another, guess what came along? It's called the World Wide Web and the internet. And well, you could pretty much get any name you wanted back then. So I'm like, well, I guess I better get grandopening.com. So that's when I got grandopening.com. And that year also started selling sex toys on the web. Yeah, I was one of the first ones. So that was in, uh, that was actually right around the same time I opened the store, November 93 was when I opened. And it was November 95 that I started selling sex toys on the web. So, so much has changed since then, huh? So that's kind of how I've gotten into this crazy business. And well, just kind of going a little bit more. I sold the store in December 05. It was 12 years having the store. I love my store tremendously. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. Mm, Yeah, I love my store tremendously. I love the customer service, talking to people, things like that. 
but I don't miss anything that had my signature on it. Any of you who've owned a business will be able to relate to that. So I sold the store after 12 years in December of 05. And then, you know, living in Boston, well, I just didn't need to live there anymore. I'd actually opened up a grand opening here in Los Angeles for two years, 03 to 05. So, and that's a whole nother story. But anyway, I didn't have to live in Boston anymore. And like I say, I've got this addiction I have to deal with. It's called motorcycle riding. So I moved out to California in 06. And then I began working for many sex toy manufacturers. So I know where the bodies are buried. I know a lot of there's company secrets. No, you're not going to hear any of the secrets, but you're going to hear a lot about the information about the products and things. So I've worked for major manufacturers. I've worked for a major lubricant company. I've been national brand manager for a home sex toy party. That's a whole nother podcast of all that kind of section of the universe. And, you know, how to get sex toys into people's hands and other places, you know, there's all different channels. I've worked, oh, let's see, brand manager for stuff. I do a lot of consulting in the industry. So if somebody says, hey, I've got an idea for a new cock ring, it's like, okay, let's take a look. Um, because I know a lot about the business and how things are made and how to get them made and the costs and just Lots and lots and lots and lots of things like that. I do marketing. I do a ton of writing in the industry. I do a ton of product reviews, which is something I'm really happy about doing for this podcast. Because, yeah, you know, you can read all the reviews you want. You know, I'll have them for you to read too. Uh, but just kind of like, how does it work? Where the hell do I plug the charger into it? The majority of the products are rechargeable these days, which makes me sad. <laughs> since I worked for Duracell, <laughs> but I get over it pretty quickly. So that's a whole nother part of just like, just, just the whole change of the industry. I have witnessed it. I've been in it. I've seen the changes in the materials, the packaging, the marketing, the quality, all of this stuff. It is freaking fascinating. And I have as much passion for the sex industry as I did since 1988. I am not kidding about that. I get so excited with sex toys, just like a little kid gets excited with toys. I really do. And I've seen thousands of them. I'm not kidding. So that's the sex toy part. Now, you know, we're going to be learning a lot more things on this sex chat with Kim Ayers, including, well, there's a couple other parts of my life. Well, yeah, I've actually worked as an escort mm-hmm, call girl, whatever you want to say, prostitute, whatever. Oh, yeah, it was when I was working at Harvard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we'll get into that, too, because I learned a lot doing that of just amazing things of, you know, touch, contact, you know, consent, just, you know, sex tips, things like that. Um, I've got a really active sex life. I totally love it. It's just amazing because I like saying yes instead of saying no. And then another thing that I've done that I really love and adore and just cherish is I've worked as a professional dominatrix. So yeah, I know a few things about that too. I also teach a lot of classes. Um, oh, G-Spot, anal sex, BDSM, strap on fun. Yep. Strap it on pegging, which is, that's it. Oral sex for anyone, you know, giving, receiving all that type of stuff. Um, how to spice up your sex life, things like that. Just gosh, all a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to have a lot of guests on the show. Like 
all different aspects of the industry because you know what? There are all different aspects of the industry. So I'm going to have porn stars, people that make the stuff, people, product designers for sex toys. Like what? Yeah, there's always somebody that designs things like that. Just all sorts of things. Just, you know, in fact, that's going to be a little segment of almost every program is the number one question that I get. And I bet you might be thinking about it right now is how did you get into this business? So I'm going to ask that of a lot of my friends and people that I know in the business too, because, well, we all had to start somewhere. You just heard where Kim Ayers started, and I'm so happy to have you here. So make sure that you tell your friends about this podcast. You know, we're on all the platforms. Make sure you subscribe because that's really great. That totally will make my day and you'll get to learn when there's new podcasts coming out and subjects and who the guests are and all that good stuff. Tell your friends, family, partners, because you're going to learn a lot of things too, for sure. Guess what? You're going to get product discount codes on those specific products that I'll be reviewing in the podcast. So that'll be discount codes for grandopening.com, of course. And lots of really amazing things. It will never be a dull moment. I walk the walk. I talk the talk. I love what I'm doing. So be sure to follow me on social media. Everything's at Kim Ayers, K-I-M-A-I-R-S. Fortunately, there's only one of me. Mm, Thank goodness for little favors like that. And yeah, listen to this podcast. Let's get the word out about a happy sex life, happy everything. I mean, just, I I just want to share my love and enthusiasm for all things sex. So listen to Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. I appreciate all of your support. Find me on Patreon also and all social media. Thank you so much. Kim Ayers here from the Sex Chat with Kim Ayers podcast. Thanks and see you on the next episode.